Hello and welcome to the round 21 review on the Doctor Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week again by Harry. Harry, how are you, mate? I am uh, mixed feelings for this round, mixed feelings for this round, but uh, pretty good in general. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I um, won a basketball grand final on Thursday, so shout out to my team there. Um, pulled up a bit sore afterwards though, but my team performed on the weekend, so injuries all forgotten on my end, and there were none in the uh, team section for Supercoach, so all is well. How'd you go on the weekend, mate? I'd rather not talk about it, but uh, yeah, I scored 2,269, uh, yeah, no, no one heard that, um, and I went down 1,700 in rankings, down to 13k, so not a very good week for me, um, big primos like Sloan and them all underperformed and Wells, uh, yeah, it just goes on and on. <sighs> Come on, Harry, just don't blame your primos, mate, it's all on the coach, coach <laughs> has to step up, he did a hard week, it was me, it was me, I have a good list, all that stuff, so... Um, can't be blaming your primos, mate. So if anyone doesn't want Harry on the podcast again due to his woeful scoring as of late, feel free to comment anywhere. I will see any comment regarding Harry and he'll swiftly be kicked from the podcast. Um, but me, I scored all right. I scored 24.58, jumped up about 900 spots back into the 10K and I think um, if the pattern goes to form, then next week I'll be out of the 10K and then the week after, I'll be in the 10K, and then um, that's probably well, that's where the season ends, so that's that's where I'll finish. But yeah, I've just been in and out all year, and it's just really frustrating, but um, I'm through to all my prelims, so couldn't be happy with that result. And on that note, we're going to jump straight into the Facebook questions, and then we're going to announce our Dr. Supercoach All-Australian team, which is pretty exciting. So question number one by Kynan Robin. Hey guys, love your podcast all week. Oh, jeez, Kynan. Mate, that's so generous. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Kynan. Um, I have four trades left for this week, and hopefully when I make the grand final. Um, this week I was thinking of going Wingard to Dowhouse, and because I have trades to spend, lucky bastard, I was thinking of going Robbie Gray to Bontempelli. Does this sound like a good idea if no injuries or rest of plays affect my team? Cheers, guys. Um... Well, Wingard to Dowhouse is a no-brainer because you're essentially going to pick up 110 points. Wingard's not playing Dowhouse. Um, just found form on the weekend with his 113, so I think that's a pretty easy one. Roger Gray to Bontempelli is interesting because Gray hasn't been in the best form, but he hasn't been bad by any means. 106 on the weekend, so um, nothing too bad, but Bontempelli's just been on fire, so... Just seems like if you can get him in, it doesn't matter who the casualty is. It's a good trade. Um, what are your thoughts, Harry? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, looking at the fixtures, you know, dogs have Essendon, and then to finish up the season, they got Frio. So, um, looking like two easy games to finish off the season. Um, but Robbie Gray and Bontempelli, it's not a big buffer, but those ten to fifteen points is all you really need to win that grand final. So. If you have four trades for the last two games, might as well go for it. Yeah, and prelim to start with, firstly, and um, then into the grand final. But yeah, definitely, I uh, I completely agree. I mean, Port have Gold Coast in that last round, so they do leak midfield points. Maybe if you if you had someone that was just slightly... Like, Gray plays really well in the showdowns and plays well against Gold Coast. So if you had a, a, a lesser midfielder, maybe comment on the um, on the podcast post... Um, just what your midfield actually looks like. So you can maybe push someone else out other than Gray, but um, essentially, if you can get Bonds and Pelly and then 
Um, I'd almost say yes to the sideways trade just because he's on absolute fire and it's not going to slow down with their run, that's for sure. Um, so, yep, yeah, that's that answer. And next is Paul Maltman. If you had two trades left, would you use them both to trade Rich to Doherty? This is assuming no selection carnage. Um, we're in a prelim, so that's the sort of thing I'll do in a grand final. Um I'd back Rich in. I mean, he's had a good month, really. He's got a few tons up on the board, and um, although he wasn't on the song this week, with um, he only got a lowly 76. Um, Doherty only outscored him by 26. So, I mean, it's not a huge deal. So um, I just hope Rich can bounce back. You win your prelim, and then if you've still got that those two trades for the grand final, by all means, do the upgrade. But... People are underestimating how much resting is going to affect their teams in that last week. And the difference between having two trades and no trades is it's going to be essentially the difference between having two zeros and no zeros. So um, I'd definitely hold on to them until that grand final rolls around, Harry. Yes, and again, I completely agree. You're just a mastermind, uh, Jordan. Um, oh, mate, with, Rich and, <laughs> with Rich and Doherty, it's, it, there's no big gains you can get from that trade and you're using your two trades which could be gold in the grand final so I would hold them only because Doherty could really outscore Rich by maximum of 20 points and two trades is worth much much more so definitely hold on to them for those general sornesses and uh, those rested um, for the last week of uh, the season yeah definitely and just trying to get rid of all that blushing from the little compliment you dished out to me then but <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, that's yeah. Just trades are just worth so much, and to it maybe if you're just using one trade to sideways him over, then I think about it. But to use two trades just to get like a thirty point advantage, it's just not worth it to be honest. And I mean, those two trades could get you a two hundred point advantage in the grand final. So um, definitely hold them by all means. Um, next question is Rick Jordan. Oh, last name is my first name. That's kind of. Um, two trades left. Need to decide between Gorn plus two of Carriage Petrarca and Mitch Brown or Blitzarves with Dowhouse and Franklin. First of all, I wouldn't really um, recommend using your two trades this week, but if you're dead set on doing it, then um, I think Blitzarves, Dowhouse and Franklin outscore Gorn, Carriage and Petrarca by a, a decent margin. So... Um, yeah, I just I feel like that's a bit of an obvious one. Dowhouse and Franklin are good for, I mean, they combined for something like two hundred and fifty-seven over the weekend, and um, and Carriage and Petrarca wouldn't have even got within meters of that. So, um, I definitely opt for the Dowhouse Franklin option, even if it does mean missing out on Gorn. Um, would you do something similar, Harry, or would you go for the Gorn? Um, at all regards. Yes, I, I again, again, I just can't uh, really disagree with you there because with Gorn or plus two of uh, Courage, Petrarca and Brown, you have one primo, one uh, uber primo, but still two mid-priced, almost rookie players. While on the other hand, you have Blitzhaus, who's arguably an, a mid, like a, a low-ranked primo, and you got Dowhouse and Franklin, who are both good primos in the forward line. So. I would definitely take the two over the one um, in those two situations in this in this situation. So I would uh, go with Blitzarves, Dalhouse, and Franklin over Gorn plus two of uh, Carriage, Petrarca, and Brown. 
Mate, what have I told you about the podcast not being entertaining or helpful and you just agree with everything I say, so... Well, I can't really disagree with you, mate. There's a... Yeah, you're, you're just too wise, mate. You're just too wise. All right, well, enough of that. I'm sure we'll disagree <laughs> at another time in the podcast. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> maybe this question's from uh, Stephen Cunning. Um, advice for C and VC. So we're dipping into Thursday night's uh, podcast territory here. Um, they do a great job dissecting the captains and vice captains options. But we'll have a little look at the question. Dustin Martin, Hannes Bontempelli or Dangerfield? All should be percentage booster games except Richmond. So um, pretty simply put, I'd use my vice captaincy on Dustin Martin. Um, we all know how good he is in those sort of close games and um, that game really should be close between, I think it's the Saners on Saturday. Yep, 2.10 Saturday. Yep. Oh, it's 2.10 my time. Um, so two forty Melbourne. Um, but yeah, no, he in that close game, he'll um he'll use every single inch of the MCG and um St Kilda don't really tag, so I could see him uh, getting off the chain a little bit, and then I'd simply loop him into Bontepelli or Danger. Um, both of them play on the Sunday, so you got ample time to do it, and you should have heaps of loophole opportunities between uh, the third game of the round and the last two so that's pretty well what i would do do you disagree with me here harry yes for this time i oh, do disagree God. with you i think um hannah's would be actually a better option in my opinion against uh the kangas uh, with the kangas low and depleted their finals chance are just you know uh getting closer and closer out of their sight and with sydney they need percentage they need with, with their four points so i think um they go all out in this game um at uh, Eddie at Stadium, and um, yeah, I'd VC Hannah's, and I'd actually consider putting the C on Bontempelli because he's playing against um, actually a very high on morale at the moment, Essendon, after last week's win, um, shout out to Essendon, um, I would actually put the C on Bont if uh, Hannah's fails, because I think he's a big game player, um, then again, Bogs, every team in the top eight needs the four points and the percentage, so I think... Um, can't really go wrong with Hannah's and the Bont combo, but uh, you can't really go wrong with all four. So really play, I think, play against your matchup, see what your opponent does and uh, see if you want to take the risk or just, you know, cancel Question. each other out. Do you get slightly put off Hannabury when you find out that he's at Blundstone Arena and not Etihad? Whoopsie daisies. There you go. Well, shows you how much research I've done before this podcast. But does that affect your decision at all? Like Eddie had uh, closed roof, so you've got no sort of conditions in that. Blundstone, I mean, it's yeah. going to be windy. So. Um, yeah, well, I think he's the kind of hardball player that doesn't really matter about the. Oh, it does. The conditions do matter. <laughs> but it's going to be a very, uh, very, very scrappy game anyway, so I think he'll be one of the highest scorers of the game, and I expect him to go 130 plus, so there you go. There's my answer. <laughs> You've butchered that. You've tried to salvage it, but you you have butchered it. But um, no, you're right though. You can't go wrong with any four of those options. So um, whichever you decide to do, I'm sure it'll be um, be a lucrative amount of points that you uh, get to choose between VC and C. So um, no worries at all there. And next up, we've got Baxter Tilly. Why the? Oh, we can't swear on the podcast, Baxter. Come on, mate. Um, why the flip does Crips have a projected of 161? Now, I saw this question and I was looking at it earlier. Why does he have that projected? Because 
He only averages 102 against Melbourne and only averages 92, 92, did I say? 94, somewhere around that, at the MCG. So why does he have that projected? His highest score for the year is like 120. Highest score against Melbourne's 130. How does he get that sort of projected, Harry? I don't know. Maybe the people people at our Supercoach headquarters uh, know something that we don't. But uh, I think they're just taking the piss, really. Um, uh, no chance. Cripps is a uh, very, very minimal 1% chance that he's going to score anything over 150. So, yeah, to answer your question, no one knows, Baxter. No one knows. Mm, very strange indeed. The stats really don't add up to that sort of projected score at I mean, I would have been surprised with a projected score of 120, to be honest, but, jeez, 161. Chuck the vice-captaincy on him. Um, so, obviously, someone owns him in champion data, and they're just going to pad his stats when he uh, does absolutely stuff all on the weekend so the champion data team can get through in a prelim. So, that would be my guess. I'd, I'd vice-captain him now, having known that. Um, yeah, on to the next question. Is Brent Kurz, could be Kurz, could be Sirs, whichever one it is, who to bring in for Wingard? Um, off the top of my head, I think of three people around his price. You can spend 20 or so grand to go up to Dow House, which is, I think that's just standout option one. Um, if you don't have Dow House and you've got that money, you just don't even need to think about it. Just do the move and, um, and lock that right in. Option two, now we spoke about him a few weeks ago. I think he had a bit of a down game after we spoke about him, but he bounced back last week with a 90-odd, um, is Motlop, and he's still around that price. So if you still have Dow House, you're sure on cash, then Motlop's a potential um, fix for you. And lastly, I saw Mitch Robinson's around 360K. So last week he was really relieved of his tagging duties and he was told to just pretty well go out and find the footy. So... Um, if he gets that um, that sort of rain from the coach in the last two weeks, then we could see a couple more big scores like he had on the weekend, which was um, a big 131. So Robbo could very well be an option, Harry. Uh, I agree with two of those players you mentioned, Jordan, but uh, one that I don't agree with is uh, Mitch Robinson because looking at the stats, they're playing against Brisbane is playing against Geelong at the Gabba um, next, uh, this week. And his average versus Geelong is 78 points, a mere 78 points. So, And then looking at the next big grand final week, playing against the Saints at Etihad, he's only averaging 69.6 points against the Saints. So um, looking at those scores, definitely wouldn't consider him if he scores anywhere near those numbers. But for Motlop, um, I think he's an X-Factor player. Uh, even if he kicked one goal four on the weekend, he still got you know 90-odd, got the ball... Um, was was a very big part in Geelong's last quarter comeback against the Tigers. So I and think Motts would definitely uh, be my pick out of the three there. Can I point out, that could easily be three goals too. With his skill and ability, if he can convert a couple more of those goals, and we're looking at 110, 115, and a bit of scaling to 120 instead of 90. So um, he's very... he's Seriously, he plays inches away from those big scores with his... Um, shots for goal and when they go in then you're absolutely loving it and he's he's going to score very big but um when they're missing you're still going to expect an 80 to 90 score so 
Um, at least he's got that going for him. I, I do like Motlop as an option, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, but um, Dowhouse is definitely the, the lock-in target, no doubt at all. So um, for all those Wingard owners, they're the, the three that I'd sort of um, look hard at throughout the week and make your decision on. Um, now, on to podcast favorite, Jackson Jacoby. And uh, I listened to a couple of other podcasts, and that could be um, a bit of... Uh, oh, trader, no, don't go there, mate. bit don't of trader behaviour, but Jackson, you get a shout out on just about every podcast out there. You're a bit of a, um, I don't even know if I could say this word on the podcast, but you're a pod slut, Jackson. You are just, I mean, I know Supercoach, um, uh, whatever they're called, the official podcast um, for the AFL, blah, 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 they um, real B graders over there. Um, he gets shout outs on that podcast every week. They talk about him um, more than they talk about Supercoach. So feeling a bit betrayed here, Jackson. Um, maybe just stick to our podcast. <laughs> he just moves around like a a real character, doesn't he? Um, but his question is, and it's not even really a question. Ten prelims, two trades. What to do, Jackson? Come on, mate. If you're in any money leagues and you need to use a trade to win it then I'd do that. But otherwise, I'd hold those trades unless you're covering donuts this week. So um, no matter what, just hold them, hold them, hold them, get through to those grand finals, and then um, blitz the opposition who don't have any and have been smacked with a general sauna. So um, I think you and I think pretty similar on that one, Harry. Uh, I'll, I'll tr- I'm just going to try to dispute you, but nah, I can't really. Um, yeah, you definitely need to play to... Again, for me, uh, these games like prelims, grannies, it all comes down to who you're playing and which players they have. So, but for you, there's ten prelims, so you can't really uh, get around that. So, I would, uh, in your situation, hold them and save them for the big one next week. Yeah, save them for the granny, and I mean, even if you get through to say four grannies and you could have used trades and gotten into six or something like that. Um, taking those two trades into those four grannies almost makes it a sure thing rather than taking zero trades into six grannies and getting beaten in five of them. So um, there's really no point in doing that. I'll just really hold the trades and um, see what you can do next week and catch a few people off guard. Um, now the next question, Joel Lay, is Collins a keeper? Well, mate, there's two weeks left in the season. You're not going to trade him now. Um, if you're having to field him, then... It's really not ideal. I, I wouldn't recommend for anyone to do it, but he has been scoring semi-okay, but he's just good bench cover at the moment. I mean, he, he had 75 on the weekend. He's averaging 70, but um, I really wouldn't have him on the field and I wouldn't call him a keeper, not by any means. He's very expendable if you had a better trade on offer, that's for sure. Um, and that's pretty much all for you, Joel. You can get no more airtime, mate. Silly questions. Um, Stevie Nico asks Wells to Zorko and to keep Bartel. Well, I'd only think about doing those trades if he had two or more trades. Um, Wells to Zorko might benefit you uh, about 20 to 30 points maybe if if Wells has another ordinary game this weekend. And I mean, Zorko had a blinder, but he's not going to do that every week. So um, you're not really gaining too many um, points. So if you had more than two trades, then I'd definitely consider doing it. But otherwise, really just hold your trades. And um, Bartel's had a bit of a lull period, but he... Uh, it's, 
It's hard to talk about Bartel because he's such a big game player, but how, how well does he stand up in the smaller games, Harry? You would know him better than anyone else. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's one of my favourites. Um, for me, definitely keep your eyes on this Thursday because with two easy, easy, very easy games for Geelong to come uh, to the end of the season leading to the finals, he might even get rested. So he's definitely one of those players like him, Corey Enright, uh, Josh Gibson, those kind of players. Even uh, yeah, those players, keep an eye on the team sheet, see if they're in the team. If, you're, if they're in, back them in. If they're not, then obviously trade. But, um, and for your Wells to Zorko question, I think, again, that uh, really depends on... Uh, your opponent's players. So if you have PODs, if Zorko's a POD for your opponent, then I might as uh, I think just pull the trigger because you're losing thirty to forty. I would say thirty to forty points from Wells to Zorko this week. So those are my answers. To those two questions, Jordan. Uh, back to you. Well, thank you, Harry, for the back to you there. It was a little, little bit of news anchor going on there. Um, Last question is by Tyler Dobay or Dobay or I just I can't get this pronunciation of these surnames. These last names, man. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm lucky I haven't had like a German, like Schweinsteiger type uh, character pop up in the comment sections because I'd I'd really go through it. Um, anyways, Tyler asks who to VC and who to see. So he hasn't given us his best um players or who he's contemplating, but. Um, like I said, Thursday will cover this off a lot better than we will. But after just having a quick look, I'm firmly stuck on Dustin Martin with the VC. And then, I mean, you get a variety of options. I've only got a few of these players, but um, Gorn would be right up there. He's been a very reliable captaincy option. Um, Dangerfield is an obvious one. I do like um, what Robbie Gray brings to showdowns, and there's a little bias in that, but I just, I mean... Pros don't really tag, and he's the sort of player that needs attention. Um, so I think he'll do really well in the showdown. And then obvious options are Bontempelli, or I'd even think about going Pendles, even though he's been um, a little under a cloud of recently. So um, to summarise, Dustin Martin into... My main options would be Dangerfield or Bontempelli and Gorn. So... Um, I hope that narrows it down a little bit for you, Tyler, but it should become more clearer um, as the week goes along. And Harry, what sort of thoughts do you have regarding captaincy and vice-captaincy? Yeah, we touched on this a bit earlier with those four options there. But realistically, this week, any of your uh, midfield primos would be a viable option for the VCNC, depending on your loopholes. But yeah, as I said before, you you can't really go wrong with any primo mid- this week, and uh, and you got the da- you got your dangers, you got your Zorcos, you got your Bonds and Pellies at the end of the week for to fall back on. Um, just chuck the VC on anyone you can loophole and uh, the premium in your mids or even Gorn, uh, and uh, it should pay off. Mm, definitely. Um, well, that does it for our questions, and um, thank you everyone for sending those in. Try to. Um, when you listen to the podcast, anyone who has asked a question, try to hit us up on our um, Facebook post of the podcast if um, if you get around to it and just say, uh, maybe we answered the question shit or you're not going to listen to us or crap advisors or whatever it is, just um, let us know how we went on the um, post there on the Facebook so we know um, that we're actually getting through and um, actually, I mean, 
we'll try and help. So um, let us know if it, we've actually helped at all by answering those questions. Um, now we're going to get straight into the Dr. Supercoach All-Australian team. Um, pretty much just summarise why we did this. It was, I felt, I mean, especially for me, I mean, I'm in a few prelims, but the season was really just getting flat on me. I mean, ranking was really irrelevant now. I mean, I want to get into the top 10K, but um, it's just really out of my hands and it's all a bit of a log jam in there anyways. Um, I focused on my uh, leagues, but most people had a week off last week and I mean, are either kicked out already or are going to have a week off next week. So um, I thought I'd just, you know, throw this up there to spice it up a little bit and um, get the community involved in a bit of debate. And I mean, the answers weren't that shocking, to be honest. Um, I'll start by reading out the back line. Um, voted initially by um, everyone here at Dr. Supercoach. We all threw our, um, threw our votes up and then we put it to the community and got them to vote on who we voted on. So... Um, the back line, pretty simple really. Doherty at D1, you got Heathshaw at D2, Cade Simpson at D3, Alex Rance at D4, Laird at D5, and Boyd at D6. So um, really no complaints there. That just stay with the best back six all year. And if you managed to get that combo into your team at any point, you would have been absolutely laughing. Even though Rance was very up and down his last month and he had another really good patch in the middle of the season um he was just a really good buy uh what do you what are your thoughts on those ones harry yeah with the um super coach all australian teams it's really just up to those uh really high averaging players there's top six average players in each line um and yeah all of them bar someone like maybe a boy or something you can maybe switch into switch out with another player but it's, they've been just consistent the whole season, um, even though you know someone like Anheda has been slowing down over the uh, latter part of the season, but they're still super consistent, You know, almost averaging 100 um, every single one of them, so can't really go wrong with those six defenders, and if you have all six, then you're laughing. Yeah, very much so, and I can confirm I was able to get every one of them except one. I didn't end up with Boyd wow. at all. I, th- I thought he'd get rested, so... Um, yep. sort of stayed away from him and instead of Boyd <laughs> big possibility to rep, to be rest oh, yeah he is this yeah, week they've got us yeah. this week um, instead of Boyd I had Rich filling that slot so a um, <laughs> bit of a differential lucky there us, lucky us yeah very much so um, the wild card for that position was Joe Hannison and I think everyone sort of gathered a bit of a soft spot for him at the start of the season when he just went bananas and was scoring 120 every week and then he got the hamstring injury, kicking a goal um, from about 50 out on that massive run down the centre that he made his own. And um, then was, I mean, everyone had to trade him out. He was out for about eight weeks in the end. So um, I think everyone's got a bit of a soft spot for Joe Hannison, and he's probably going to be looked at a lot next year to um, start people's teams because he just became a fan favourite really quickly. So a um, bit of an obvious wild card there, Harry. I actually, with our little vote in the uh, Dr. Supercoach admins page, I uh, think I went for JJ. Was that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so um, I have him now, and I didn't have him at the start of the season, so I missed out on those uh, huge scores. But I think if JJ was fit from uh, the big chunk, a big chunk of the season, I think he could have easily averaged you know, a very, very, very good score for Defender, like some, something like a 110. 
average. So mm. um, very unlucky how he got injured, and that probably kind of derailed uh, the dogs' uh, you know attempts to get top two. Top, um, so he is definitely a very dangerous player off halfback, and I think he just fits in any team, super coach and. AFL-wise. Yeah, and the perfect wild card to have because he's the definition of um, a could-have-been player this year and um, you can't really have hard feelings for him because it was a terrible hamstring tear and it wasn't like a, a general soreness or a personal issues or something where he, he sort of went away and everyone was just like, oh, crap, now we've got to trade him out. Or, or a two-week injury that lingered for six sort of things. So um, it was a clear, concise hamstring injury Um did it scoring 10 points for your team, so no one really had any hard feelings against him. And on that note, we're going to jump into the midfield. Um, so I think this was, it was quite obvious for most of it. So we had uh, M1 was Dangerfield, uh, M2 was Hanabry, M3 Pendlebury, um, M4 was Sloan, M4 was Neil, M5 was Neil, sorry. M6 would be Parker, M7 Bontempelli. And M8 was Joel Selwood just snuck in there over a couple of others. So um, pretty stock standard one. Um, Bonzapelli just was just went on a massive, massive rampage. And if you were able to get him in, then you've just done really well. And I think this is where my season sort of fell apart this year. So I had Dangerfield, Hanabry, Parker out of all those midfielders. So I missed Pendlebury, Sloan, Neil, Bontempelli, and Selwood. So um, very not very good planning by me. I sort of just... Each player had a, a reason for why I didn't choose them, but God, they backfired. So um, how many were you able to get into your team out of those ones, uh, Harry? Uh, I was able to get in most of them. Um, you know, the Danger, Pendles, Hannahs, Selwood. Um, was Neil on that list? Looking yeah, up? yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I actually had Neil from a very early stage, so I got those huge scores, um, and I got uh, Josh Kennedy as well. So he's been a very good player, um, and the last two of my midfielder are Rory Sloan and Robbie Gray, who've both been averaging over one hundred and five. So I'm pretty happy with my midfield this season. Um, and wildcard Jordan. Wildcard was Tom Rockliffe, which understandably. Um, we all started with him at the beginning of the year, put out a couple of average scores, got injured, then came back, put out a couple of decent scores, sucked everyone in a bit, and then got injured again, and then came back again, which I jumped on, and I mean, he's been pretty good ever since, but it's just another one of those could-have-been seasons where, I mean, he could have averaged 120 quite easily, and starting at 550k at the start of the year, um, he was a very obvious selection, but just got riddled with injuries. And I mean, God knows we're all going to do it again next season as well when he starts at a similar price. So um, another yeah. could have been season for Tom Rockcliffe, and I've enjoyed him over the last few weeks. So um, definitely still got a soft spot for Rocky. What about you, mate? Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Out of those, uh, Rocky's definitely unlikely to miss out um, with all those injuries as well you know over the, these last few seasons he's had a few serious injuries he's had a few um, little niggles as well so unlucky to not you know get through the whole season and really hurt Brisbane in their chances to you know finish in a respectable position but my uh, wild card this season very surprisingly uh, someone by the name of James Kelly from Essendon hmm explain uh, because if if you were lucky 
lucky enough to start him at the start of the season. Nobody. He was dirt, dirt, dirt cheap. And he aver- managed to average 97 this season. So that's absolutely massive for someone like him who I think he started at around 400k. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he was about 450, yeah. Yeah, so for that price and getting a 97 average without wasting a trade for the whole season, um, definitely is a wild card option for me. Um, you know, M8, even M9 as a cover. Um, yeah, so he started at 410. So bargain, bargain, bargain. Yeah, he definitely surprised a lot of people, um, especially when he went about seven rounds without scoring below a ton. So, um, yeah, he's just one of the immortal players in the league where um, it's just whenever he's playing, he's going to play well, but his body will just begin to break down slowly. And um, we've probably seen it for the last time, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, no, if you owned him all year, excellent pick. So, I mean, very tough to predict those sort of things. Um, the next line, which could be the most obvious thing I've ever seen, and we're probably not even going to talk about it. Um, so, Gorn, Big Shocker, R1, and Drumwell, please. Right. Goldstein at R2. Right. So, um, very unpredictable there, Gorn and Goldstein combo, and it's served a lot of people right, and I dare say it'll be popular next season as well. The wild card, another obvious one, was tracking really well as I think the number two averaging Ruckman when he got injured and that was Nick Natanui so um, just another season that could have been I started the year with him so I was loving having him as a point of difference over Gorn and Goldstein he was scoring similarly nobody really had him and then he just went down so um, just very unlucky for those that own him at the time and I mean, just another season that could have been, could have averaged 110, 115 as a Ruckman, but yeah, what can you do really? Injuries are just a part of the game. Yeah, what can he do? What can he do? Um, definitely not a surprising combo, rock combo there, but uh, wildcard for me, uh, Shane Munford from uh, the Giants. So when, uh, when Nick Nat went down, you had a lot of uh, choices to choose from to, you know, upgrade or downgrade. To replace your uh, your ruck ruck uh, cannon fodder, um, and if you chose uh, Shane Monford, he definitely has been very good um, from the mid midway of the season to finish. So he scored four tons last four weeks, um, and last two weeks he scored one twenties. He hasn't scored. He scored one score under a hundred in the past seven games. So that he's been a part of. And for me, that's definitely wildcard worthy. And he wasn't the most expensive Ruckman to start off as well at the start of the season compared to Gorn and Goldie. So if you had him, um, you know, and missed out on his injuries, which is crucial as well, he's never fit for the whole season, he would definitely have been a very good wildcard for you. Yeah, he was a bit of a, a surprise, the fact that he didn't get injured um, that much this season. And... Um, the fact that, yeah, it's only been little one-week or two-week injuries rather than a season ending, which he's had for the last few seasons. So um, good to all those who picked him up as a point of difference. Um, also, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit into the midfield. A shout-out to Coniglio, who was such a good POD for everyone that owned him throughout the year. So um, he definitely could have been in that wildcard slot over Rockliffe. Um, and moving on to the forward line now is F1, Dusty. Very obvious choice. F2, Zorko, also obvious. And then F3, Merritt. 
F4 Franklin, F5 was Daniel Wells, which I was a little bit surprised with. And then F6 oh, wow. is Montagna. Now, I think Wells got in there mainly for the fact that he started at bloody 300k at the start of the year and was just uh, in scintillating yeah. form up until his first injury and then sort of just faltered, 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 still scored all right, still scored all right, and then um, he's actually pulled up all right. So um, I think that's more of a... I mean, this isn't a traditional All-Australian team. You don't pick the players who perform the best all season. Um, you pick the players who perform the best in your Supercoach team all season. So the fact that he started so cheap and was such a good premium option for the start of the season, I think he's a very obvious pick for the forward line this year and very, very truly reflects the um, the Supercoach season. So um, good for voting him in. And yeah, like I said, Montagna was that last one who was just up and down all year but very reliable. And um, I jumped straight into the wild card, which was Dow House. So um, just that three to four week injury that ended up turning into a six weeker Kildare season, and he was on track to be the the best or second best forward up until that point. So definitely a season that could have been for Dow, and um, yeah, unlucky for the owners that had to sort of go through that painful six weeks, Harry. Yeah, what can you do though? Injuries do happen. Um, for me, uh, a wild card is a wild, you know, a wild card player is always someone who can pop up at the right moment and uh, do very well for your team in AFL and Supercoach. And for me, I've gone for either you know a, a big key forward in one of either JJK, uh, Josh Kennedy, and um, Tom Lynch. So they both averaged over around the ninety-five mark this season. Um, they're both big goal scorers, you know in contention to win the Coleman. Um, and when when they go big, oh boy, do they go big. You know, round one, JJK 180 against Brisbane. That was absolutely massive to start a, start the season off. Uh, remember the good old days when Jared Waite averaged like 130 for like the first six weeks? And everyone jumped ridiculous. on him against what we said to do and uh, most people got burnt. Yeah, so again, that's what wildcards can do. So... Um, big key forwards, you know, JJK, very good for the whole season, kicks goals, um, up and firing for West Coast, and Tom Lynch as well, you know. Um, really, the big positive uh, note for Gold Coast season this season is uh, their, you know, captain to beat, Tom Lynch. So, those are two two of my forward wildcards, Jordan. Yeah, very nice. And, um, yeah, that concludes our Dr. Supercoach All-Australian team voted by yourself except for Harry's little wild cards that he decided to throw in there and uh, probably muddle everyone up. Um, yeah, no, so it's very good to get that onto the page. Get a bit of discussion going. Um, a few people asked why Steph Martin wasn't a wild card option in the rucks, and you're probably right, but um, I suspect that anyone that owned him was probably still um, peeved at what he sort of produced this season. And, I mean, he was only out... He wasn't even out for any games, was he? He sort of just... Except for the two yeah. restings um, lately, he sort of just dropped off the map and started scoring terribly. So, um, not the exact definition of a wild card, but um, definitely that uh, concussion affected how his uh, output was, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, that concludes the All Australian team and the podcast. So, um, I'm not sure what we'll be running next this week into next week, but we'll try and make it interesting still going into. Um, the prelim final and everyone have a really good week I hope there's no selection carnage 
Um, definitely check us out on our Facebook page if you haven't already. Um, we are on Twitter, however, we're not super active. Um, I think that's Harry's job, actually. I'll delegate to him. He <laughs> should be on that. But, um, yeah, so uh, make sure you find us there. And there, we're definitely on SoundCloud if you want to follow us on that and give us a like and a comment. And um, I hope everyone has a good week. Harry, have a good week, mate. Thank you. Good luck to everyone. All right, cheers.